Welcome back to the Closeted Weeb Anime Podcast, the only anime podcast with a silent X in the name. My name is Lee. And I'm Bryce. Welcome back. Uh, Spring 2022. Lee and I are super excited. There's a lot of good shows. It's so different than winter 2022. Um, But to start things off, let's do some uh, sequel seasons with uh, one of Lee's favorites, uh, Kaguya-sama. Kaguya-sama, Love is War Season 3. Um... Off to a one, I loved the intro sequence. Um, and like it was just super solid. And then like this is a show where every episode's usually a um usually a combination of three to four little skits um that are being done together, usually about misunderstandings or uh the characters trying to hide their true intentions from each other by forcing the other to confess their love. And if you would think that that's a premise that would run dry um, after you know one to two seasons, you'd be wrong because season three is already like off to a really good start. There's some really fun ones like the there's a bit where um, there's an unplugged earphone, and so the audio on your phone that you think only you're hearing is now being broadcast to everybody. Um, they cover things like re- read receipts or read receipts, arm wrestling, whatever. But um, it's just more of what i love about this show um obviously we're on to season three and i we've talked about it before so if you want more thoughts go back to the seasons where we talked about the other things in kaguya-sama but it's surprisingly upholding its quality i like that they're getting into other like kind of side characters romantic aspects um I don't consider it a spoiler to mention that they're starting to show more of ishigami and um ino and their kind of budding love hate relationship and so i don't know i thought i might be running uh getting a little bit bored of it but at this point i'm still fully in love with it how about you yeah dude i think something that really stood out to me is they've brought kind of the romantic comedy concept to the 21st century right with like the read receipt skit the headphone loose on the phone um I think it's been amazing, and I think it's something new and different, too. I don't think that a lot of the romantic comedies seem to be based off of, like, mangas and knocking off each other in terms of, like, the school and slice of life. Um, but Kaguya-sama in season three has kind of, like, tried to differentiate itself in, like, little ways. Um, but also they still maintain, like, its roots in terms of, like, character development. Because, I mean, obviously it's a very small cast, but they've somehow found a way to, like, dive deeper and deeper into the can- the characters with, like, Ishigami and Lino and their sort of dynamic. Hayasaka is, like, uh, amazing. Like, I love her. And, like, I mean, if you want, we can get into it. We can get into it another time. But, like, her, like, basically her, like, backstabbing, like, uh, Shirogane was, like, absolutely, like, was incredible. Um, and her character, just, like, growth and development. I, like, every episode she's in, I just love her. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so getting on to some other follow-up seasons, we have Komi Can't Communicate Season 2. And... So the first episode, it seemed like they were kind of getting back to the original premise about um, Comey wanting to make 100 friends, which is good. That was like a fun premise. And there's a certain progression to that. The last the I think the show lacked a lot of focus last season. Um, and so the first episode was great. They introduced like Katai, who's this new tough guy classmate that looks like Tetsuo from Akira. Um, hmm. The segments that focus on the previous side characters like 
Yamai and Nakanaka were very lame. Like this show, I am not optimistic about it. I'm honestly probably going to drop it in a few episodes. Um, because again, it's there's certain characters that I enjoy seeing on screen, like uh Osuna Najimi or like Najimi chan. She like she's really fun. Um she's a force of chaos, but <laughs> everyone else sucks. The second episode was meh. Like the supporting cast just isn't strong enough to justify the airtime that they're giving them. And as much as it was pretty funny and cute the first time, like Komi just breathing is getting really old. Like it was funny for a little bit, the whole like the premise that she doesn't speak and like obviously she started to speak more. But after we just talked about Kaguya-sama, a show that's bit the same, like the joke of the show has been the same for fucking three seasons is still fresh is still coming up with like fun ideas behind it and Comey can't communicate was running out of it by the end of season one so i i can't recommend this one but bryce how do you feel about it yeah i mean Comey can't communicate um like the first episode of season one was spectacular right like i found it super interesting engaging it was like a cute story of a girl who has like speech problems who write the premise right wants to make like a hundred friends and kind of they sort of went down that path for like most of season one adding new friends um but again like the you're right the side characters just aren't worth like diving into like it's not you don't you kind of lose focus on the mission too in a sense and there's just right not enough screen time for you to want to be engaged and Comey isn't dynamic enough the main character to like also keep you engaged so like who are you going to look to to like keep the show going? Like who are like, what's going to make you want to keep watching it? And I think it's tough for them to kind of follow that up. Cause it's sort of like a one trick pony show that unleashed its trick at the first episode and has kind of struggled to follow it up. Yeah. What was your favorite moment in season two? Um, nothing. There's nothing memorable. <laughs> Did you actually see an episode of season two? I only saw episode one. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I was just I was just testing you because you had a because I had no notes. You had no notes, and all of your comments were about season one. And then whenever I asked you your favorite moment, you said nothing. So I was I was just seeing if I could call your bluff. But no, I only saw uh, episode one, and I was just like, oh my god, I really don't care about this at all. No, absolutely. All right, and then I think the other sequel show that is this season is Shield Hero, which I'm not watching, but you are. Yeah, sure. So. uh Shield Hero season two, um, for those who don't know, whatever, it's an isekai where this guy who has like, instead of like a sword or a weapon, his weapon is like a shield. And it has a very famous, like cringy first episode where like he's falsely accused of like sexual assault and portrayed as a villain and has to earn his way back to like becoming a hero, um, which was like an interesting first season for sure. Um, but the second season, it's becoming a harem um and a lot of the characters are really annoying outside the main character um the creative use usage of like children's abilities are like really compelling um they've added a new dynamic and sort of mystery to the world where they've kind of like added the concept that there are other like human characters from other dimensions who have their own stakes um which has made it kind of interesting but i'm not sure if they're going to really be able to like truly develop the sort of mysteries of the world it might be too much for the show to handle i feel like they're like introducing a bunch of interesting ideas, but I don't think there's going to be any closure for any of them unless they really want this show to be long. Um, I'm going to keep watching it. Um, I definitely like it more than per se, like a Comey can't communicate and, but like a lot less than say like a Kaguya-sama, if that helps. Absolutely. All right. So now we're going to get into the new shows this season and good news. There's good shows. And even the shows that aren't good are still 
fairly entertaining and probably worth watching. Um, obviously, we're only a few episodes in at this point, but uh, we're going to get straight into uh, one of the more interesting ones, um, which doesn't necessarily mean good, but uh, Tomodachi Game. Tomodachi Game is about a group of five high school friends who are basically plunged into a mixture of squid games and Danganronpa is the best way to describe it. Um, it kind of starts off with this um, issue of a bunch of the kids save up money to go on a class school like field trip together and then the money gets stolen to which uh, one of the students uh, laugh one of the students literally just says who's the poorest person here <laughs> which is um, just one of those more fun things about like this is a good show to watch if you want to feel some of the the difference in cultural sensitivities between like the West and Japan. Um, I'll also say like the animation style of the show is it reminds me of the 2000s, like but not in like a mm. low quality way, but just in the way it's stylized. Um, but yeah, so again, it's <laughs> so there's some like really dumb things in the show um and I, it's really fun in that way to like pick at the dialogue like at some point all of them end up stuck in this game where basically instead of it being th- their lives at risk it's about debt basically and all of them are going to have to take on a share of somebody's debt but nobody knows whose debt it is and uh at the very beginning of it I think th- I thought it was dumb as hell, but they were like, they pressured each other to be like, no, 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 let's not try and figure out whose debt it is that we're here for. Um, but I-, I also would love the idea. I'm like, it's just Bryce, think about it. It's me and four of our friends, and we get kidnapped <laughs> in order to play games to pay off my student loans. Dude, I'm, I'm, in. I'm all I'm all on board. Um, so <laughs> but, but as no, far I, as you divvy up the loans, we have to pay them off or like our debt just keeps growing. It's all part of your master plan. Like, <laughs> you just want this show to happen. <laughs> yeah. And um, so some of the really fun aspects of it is obviously it's a like a risky game type show. So you have the kaiji aspects. You have like the mystery of betrayal and stuff of like Danganronpa. Um, all of that stuff's really fun. Um, I really liked especially in the first two episodes, how much you're kind of like feeling it out and trying to see who you suspect, Um, you know, who's the traitor. Um, Spoiler alert, it doesn't all, their friendship doesn't just go so smoothly. Um, You've got like love triangles. You've got love dodecahedrons, man. Um, I, I like, this show is like fast food to me. And I mean that in, I mean, it's probably not very good objectively, but I enjoy it. Um, I will say that I think without spoiling what they reveal in episode three, they reveal something. And I think they revealed it way too early. Um, They revealed like basically one of the characters secret motivations, but in a show where the character secret motivation is what all of the tension comes from. I thought that that was a really, really dumb idea because I just watched episode four and the entire episode could have been fantastic without the knowledge of, you know, who might be scheming or all of this stuff. So I will say that even this early into the show, I'm already somewhat disappointed. And so I'm not going to claim that this show is going to actually be any good, but it's been interesting. And sometimes that's, that's all you can ask for, but obviously that's a lot of thoughts. Bryce, I'm sure you've also got a lot of thoughts on this show. Um, but do you like it? Are you expecting it to be good or how are you feeling? 
I, I don't think I'm as negative as you all say. Like, again, I don't think this show will be a huge hit. Um, but I think I'll, it is, you're right, it is interesting, it's entertaining, but I, I think it will reach like the likable stage. I think just because there's like different games and tactics sort of every episode, I agree that there was kind of like a big reveal which didn't need to be revealed. I'd be curious to see if there's like a grander sort of game plan than just the four friends. Um, so that's the only reason why I'm holding out potential optimism because they've mm-hmm. introduced like potential like there's multiple friend groups who are like facing this like sort of challenge. Like, will there be interactions with them? Will they have to like unite together? Um, I'm just curious if there's like, maybe there's different like betrayal or sleep ratings within each of the friendship pods. Like I think there could be more layers to the show and that could also ruin the show as well. Don't get me wrong, but I'm willing to hold out on the big sort of reveal on episode three they did. Um, because like, I do think like there might be hints of like a broader show, broader complex. No, and I, I definitely don't think that it's the mystery. Obviously, I don't think they would. I, mean, I think the show is going to be at least 12 episodes. So I don't think the reveal in episode three is like the reveal. I think there's going to be other things just like you were hinting at. I think there's going to be other aspects, but also like, who knows? Because again, it, it, sometimes you're like hoping that the person who wrote the story is a good writer and sometimes they just know how to write a really good plot synopsis and don't actually know how to write a, a full story. Um, so for sure. Um, enough of that. Moving on to the next new show is summertime render. So summertime render is about um, a, a, a guy named Shinpei who grew up on this Island off the coast of like rural Japan. Um, after both of his parents passed, he ended up moving to Tokyo and living there but after the death of one of his childhood friends he returns to the island where um although it was deemed to be a drowning there are some interesting bruises around his childhood friend's neck um leading it into obviously a murder mystery um and i this show started off really strong um i could do without a panty shot in like the like I don't know. There's like little small anime things like a character immediately shoving his head in a woman's boobs and be like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Like, but at this point, that's literally just what anime is. So I can look past those two. I thought that um, was why you were going to say the show started strong. I was waiting for that. Oh no. It's like, it started strong in spite of that. But, um, I also really, really loved the opening and the animation for it. Um, mm-hmm. and then it was funny because I was like halfway through, I'm like, I bet there's going to be, I'm not going to say it, but basically there's two elements to this. I don't know. Bryce, how do you feel? Obviously there's something about this show. I, I think it'll be best to hold back, hold it back. Yeah. I would not spoil. There's like two aspects to the plot and I guessed both of them. Um, and so I just felt really good about that. Um, cause I was right, but no, it's, it's, it's poised to be a really good murder mystery show. Um, it hasn't done anything to make me upset yet. It really just starts rolling and I love it. They're just like diving right into the action with episode two. There's like the first episode had a great, a great hook. Um, to me, the way I would compare this show is like without diving into like reasons why I, this is more tonal than like plot points, but this show is like a mixture of Higurashi and erased to me. Um, there's other shows you can compare it to as well, but um, it's just got that darker small town vibe of Higurashi with like the whole, like 
what's ha- what happened to my childhood friend aspect of erased and those two things are meshing together very well um overall i uh, this is a a contender for being one of the better or potentially the best show this season i'm not going to say it's going to be because i tend to be more wrong than i am right on that except for seasons when we only watch three anime um but anyway enough about how much i love this show bryce how much do you love this show yeah, man. I mean, I think you said it well when you said it's like Higurashi mixed with the race. Higurashi is one of your like favorite shows and a race is a show. Obviously, we really liked we did a podcast with Tyler on it. And for me, I viewed it similar to like a combo of like ReZero and a race. So again, like shows that I genuinely enjoy. It's like a genre that I generally find interesting and love watching. I'm a sucker for it. So it could definitely be biased in that sense. But, you know, the sense that the setting is ridiculously beautiful. Um there were some definite fan service moments in episode one. Um, They're very this, slight. They're more they're comedic slight. relief yeah. than anything. Um, so that's why I like don't mind them as much. And they're also very minor. Like they're super mm, unnecessary as fan service almost always is. But like they're quite minor. Um, and, it's so. not, and it's not enough to make you like not want to watch it by any stretch of the imagination. Like the, the story and the mystery is so compelling. Um, yeah, just like, don't watch it on like in public. <laughs> and even then it's not that's that any bad. anime <laughs> and even then it's, it's it's literally just a panty shot which isn't yeah. super gratuitous and it's a dude shoving his face into a woman's clothed breasts so if you can handle those two things and people seeing you see that then you'll be fine watching this but exactly but anyway. by the end of episode one i i agree like you'll be fully hooked and if you're not fully hooked then it's definitely not the right show for you but i think one episode will be enough to get you into the show for sure and i would definitely put it like of these shows, it's probably the top recommendation. I think it's up there. It's it's, it's definitely my top three. So yeah, I think it's sure. I think it's objectively both the most interesting and the highest quality. Yeah. Um. So, uh, did you have anything else to add before we move on to my cutesy stuff? No, we can move on to the next crap. <laughs> <laughs> so. I, every now and again, like to throw in a slice of life anime because I'm a sucker for cute stuff nowadays, uh, um, you know, to counteract the uh, the darker things we watch. But uh, so I picked a show called Deaimon. Um, I don't know what it might have a different name in English, but it, it's fine. It's basically about a uh the the son of a confectionery like a tra- tradi- uh, traditional japanese confectionery from kyoto he gives up on his music career to move back to kyoto and begin working at the family's like confectionery or like candy shop basically um and then there's also a you know an, a girl who started working there who's kind of like a prodigy has been working there for a while and she's very like stubborn she like got abandoned by her parents and you know she feels like the main character doesn't deserve to come back after he abandoned you know the family business whatever and so to me it was a good setup for a Another cute anime that covers a traditional aspect of Japanese culture, Japanese confectionaries, and was just going to have like a nice little slice of life, everybody's a family kind of aspect. It had very cute art style, soft lines and like pastel colors. Um, 
the one thing I will say though is as as I mentioned, the main character is an adult who gives up on his music career to move back with his family, and the girl who is working there is a girl. She's like in middle school, maybe or maybe high school, but probably middle school. And regardless of whether this show is good or not, I do hate the fact that anime has made me fear that there's going to be an age inappropriate romantic relationship whenever there's like an adult male and schoolgirl relationship that's set up to be like a father figure slash big brother type deal. Cause that's very much what this show is. We'll say over the two, maybe three episodes of it that I saw, it doesn't seem to be going that way. There was never any like weird romantic tension, but again, it's, it's Japan. So you never know when they're going to do something really creepy. Um, I will have to say like the show, the first episode was all right. Um, I I'm okay with a little bit slower episode, you know, show, but it needs to pick up like, and long story short, it doesn't pick up. The entire second episode is super bland. The show barely focuses on Wagashi or like traditional Japanese candy, despite that being the only thing that makes this show somewhat original. So um, long story short, I wanted another cute slice of life anime. This show was cute, but it was not interesting. Don't watch it. I lost interest. I dropped it. Bryce, you don't even, you don't even have the patience to watch something with cute things in it. So uh, unless it's John the Armadillo, but um, how did you feel about it? Um, should I start with the good or the bad? Uh, I, I, the good's going to be pretty short, so you can just start with that. Uh, there's a lot of bright colors, and it looks pretty. <laughs> um, the bad, I don't have to go into as much as Lee did, but like I could barely get through like two episodes. Like The two main characters like did not have enough to keep me interested. I thought it was going to be interesting because I thought it was going to be Higahiro because I also thought about the uh, the age gap and I was like, oh boy, I guess this is why Lee chose this show. Um, but uh, no, I, the second episode was really uninteresting. I literally just kept looking at the timer on like Crunchyroll waiting for like how many minutes more I had to watch this. It was literally my entire mindset throughout watching the show. So I definitely dropped it. Absolutely. So um, moving on to another cutesy show, uh, we are watching Love After World Domination. So this is a show about it's basically like Power Rangers, um, Mm -hmm. but you have the Power Rangers and then you have the evil like cult on the opposite side, even though they don't do anything that evil, but that's because it's like a relatively cutesy show. Um, But basically we have our main character, Red Power Ranger, and um, we have BDSM Evil Girl, and uh, they fall in love despite the fact that, you know, they're star-crust lovers on the opposite sides of this global conflict between the Gelato 5 and Gecko. Um, so obviously it's a show that doesn't take itself super seriously. Um, it is very much a cutesy rom-com, but to me, like this is the perfect recipe. I didn't need it to be serious. It, they literally red gelato is like the flavor of justice. Like it, it does not take itself seriously. Um, they definitely take a lot of liberties with, so, um, the, the female character's name is Decimi. Uh, they take a lot of liberties with her costume um so i was very kind of like i was hopeful that it's not just exclusively fan service but i will say it's a bit cuter than that and after watching i think at least three episodes of this although there are definitely shots like boobs are a big thing in this anime like 
you're not you can't watch this without big boobs all over your computer screen or your tv screen but overall it's really cute the first episode was a lot of fun i like kind of this they have to hide their romance there's this kind of um miscommunication between both sides about like is it okay if i date this person and people be like yeah of course you can date this person not knowing who they're saying that it's okay for them to date um you know our main, our red power ranger struggling to come up with a good date idea because he's just some beef head, like goody two shoes. It's very relatable, not the good to goody two shoes side, but like just having to come up with a date and stuff and being super nervous about it. And then like the fact is like whenever they're in their costumes, every time our main care, like red power ranger and Decimi meet up, they have to beat each other up. Um, and that's just like me and my girlfriend. So I, I've been really enjoying it. The one thing I will say after three episodes is like this show needs an overarching conflict by next episode, at least as much as I've been enjoying it and it's cute and it's funny. It's kind of falling into the same trap as some of the other shows this season where there needs to be something overarching that's like going to cause a conflict because obviously there's the conflict of them hiding who they are to each other's respective organizations. But um, I don't know if by next episode, they don't introduce something new. I could see this being like a mid season drop for me, but I'm hopeful because I want it to be good. Um, Bryce, how about you? I know you're terrified of boobs. So this is like your worst nightmare in an anime, but yeah, I actually really like this show. Um, Surprisingly. Um, it definitely gives me some Kaguya-sama, Romeo and Juliet sort of vibes, right? Like the the good guy and the bad characters, whatever, they can't date each other, be together. I think it's hilarious from like the Kaguya-sama sense, like whenever they time you get into like conflicts and they're so awkward conversations with each other. And then when one of their like fellow Power Rangers or Gelatos comes up, they have to like knock the other person out. So even that like slight comedy relief is great. The example you gave of like, uh, strawberry gelato like whatever the red power ranger planning his like first date was like fantastic and it was super funny to watch um i do think there will be some sort of an overarching plot i mean class with any anime the opening definitely tends to spoil part of the plot and what you're going to see later on and it shows like in the opening that like whatever they're rally they're like fighting together against some sort of being um, yeah so My i think guess it'll get is it's to gonna that. My guess is it's going to be something where like either Red Gelato is going to find out that his organization's actually the evil one or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I have no idea. Like, they, but to me, I don't care what it is. They just need to get moving because like yeah. three episodes in a 12 season show is a very long time to not let me know what's like where we're going. No, I agree. And so like I kind of had like a conflicting opinion. So like the first part of episode, I was like super like, what i just described but then by like episode two like i kind of viewed it more as like a love like kaguya love is war but like obviously more boring characters and like less creativity um i'm i haven't seen you've seen episode three and i haven't so i'm gonna watch that um but we'll see how it goes i i i when i initially like thought about this i was gonna just like drop after three but like even now thinking about hopefully there could be eventual conflict i'm willing to try a couple more and we'll just i guess we'll kind of see how it goes yeah, absolutely. I, like I said, to me, it could easily be a mid-season drop, but I'm, I'm willing to give it a few more episodes to see what it might pull, just because each episode is enjoyable in its own right, but for it to be worthwhile, 
I just need a little something more. So um, I told you this season I wasn't going to watch another crappy sports anime. So uh, Bryce, you want to talk to the audience about uh, Ao Oshi and what it's about and how you felt about it? Sure. So I, it's basically a soccer anime. Um, the reason I thought it might be interesting is it actually has like real like EuroLeague teams and it breaks down how they actually like work out and like divisions and actual like training. Like it actually follows like a real sort of like soccer program regimen. Um, the sense of like training and tryouts and um unfortunately just uh the main character was so annoying and like all the side characters their voices were so annoying and like i it wasn't a lot like it was atypical from a sports anime in the sense it wasn't like oh wow this guy kicked a soccer ball like three thousand yards and he's like 10 years old like it was pretty realistic and like the plays they described were also like pretty realistic but uh, I just could not stand like the characters' voices. Like I thought they just did such a poor job casting. I think I would have wanted to take an interest in it because it seemed like an actual like realistic take on a sports anime. Um, but it just I I could, the main character talks so much. And he's so annoying. And like I've seen all of Black Clover, right? Like I've seen Austin in action. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like, but this was like too much to me. Like I thought it was a good concept, and I think it this kind of a thing is important for sports anime because it's, it's always like so uh whatever like a high schooler hits a baseball like whatever twelve thousand miles or something i think it would be cool to actually like have something you learn from similar in the sense of comedy like learning a new sport i guess and like some sort of educational aspect behind it um but this show wasn't going to be it so dropped it absolutely so um, moving on to the next show which i think is the most hyped show of this season which i think i've been enjoying i think you've probably enjoyed it as well and that is spy silent x family so it's like hunter hunter they throw a needless x in the middle of it and then they tell me i'm wrong when i pronounce the x so um but anyway this is a show basically where there's a spy who needs to uh infiltrate a adversary country to try and find a government official but the only way you can get in contact with this reclusive uh target is at this private schools event but to go to this private school you have to have a child there and so this spy who you know has been you know a james bond of sorts suddenly has to create a fake family in order to finally hopefully get in contact with his target to eliminate him and super fun premise to start with the show is semi like not even really that serious it's very cartoony but it takes itself like somewhat seriously it's very fun like the art style reminds me of like the professor layton video games and whatnot and like the characters are a lot of fun like one of the first introductions to the main character is him like he was dating some girl to get closer to one of his original targets and then he dumps her by saying i can't sense any intelligence in your conversation like in the middle of someone else's proposal and that just like bounces which is he's very they're setting up to be you know very cold-hearted and whatever and Obviously, that's going to be the foil because as he creates a family, I'm sure he's going to learn to love his family. Surprise, surprise. But um, he then creates a new identity as Lloyd Forger because Forger is not going to raise any red flags, whatever. Um, but of course, uh, this man, I, I like, I love just how, like, I, I loved that the show doesn't take itself too seriously, but still, like, is funny when you consider like real life implications because this man needs a child and nine months is too long. So he just needs to, you know, obtain, procure a child. So what does he do? He goes to an orphanage as a single dude and just out of the blues, like, Hey, can I, 
can I have one of your kids? And one of the orphanages is just like, yeah, dude, I fuck this one in particular. Take her. Um, no paperwork, no red flags whatsoever. Um, and like, to me, it's like, that doesn't make the show bad. If anything, like I prefer it, like the fact that the story just like commits to the world that it's in doesn't focus too much on like realism. So that aspect's been great. The first episode, very enjoyable and I think it's a great setup for like a dad daughter action comedy show. And so I get why this show is like one of the most popular ones this season. And then now they're adding a wife episode two sets that up as well. Spoiler alert, not really a spoiler. Um, and the wife, it just happens to be an assassin. And so you, and everybody is hiding um, something about themselves because the, uh, the child they adopt happens to be psychic. So you have a spy hiding that he's a spy, a psychic hiding that she's a psychic, an assassin hiding that she's an assassin, all from each other. Um, so all of that, um, to me, is like the perfect setup. And not only that, the show is written in a very entertaining and fun way. They have the budget to make the show really fun to watch. They use like a grenade pin as an engagement ring, which was like a really cute moment. So I'm all on board with this show. I, I think it's going to easily be... I think it's between this show and like summertime render for being like the top show of the season. I think they'll both be good, but Bryce, um, how, how are you feeling about spy family? Yeah, man. I mean, I sent you the trailer of the show when it came out. Cause I thought it was like going to be really good. Um, and it, it's lived up to the expectation for me, right. For Never one of the reasons, <laughs> for one of the reasons since that it, uh, it didn't take itself like too seriously, right? I think that's like the biggest thing, right? It just knows the perfect amount of comedy, the perfect amount of action. You've got interesting characters with fun quirks with the father, the mother, and like the child. And like even short little skits, right? Where they're going to like a museum and they're going to an opera to try to get cultured. Or there's like a, uh, a thief steals an old woman's purse. And then you have this moment where like, it's like spy family assemble where you got the wife as the assassin trying to like chase after, but then the husband who's the great spy leaps from her bridge and like catches the villain because his daughter has the uh, whatever psychic abilities to help like point out who the, uh, the thief is. So there's a lot of directions the show can go in, in like a good way, right? Like there's such a good balance of action comedy. There might even be some romance and like, and some enough room for character development because there's all these new characters. There's all this potential for like interpersonal relationships. Um, the spy music is awesome. And I like really love that. Um, and I'm thoroughly enjoying this show. I'm really glad you like it too. Um, and I, Dallas, I'm just going to keep watching it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, moving on to another show. Um, I checked out a show called um, I'm Quitting Heroing or Yusha Yamimas. And like, it's another like fantasy trope inversion anime where you have like the overpowered main character, but he's too powerful. So his, the good people kick him out and then he goes back to work with like the bad guys who he's the one who defeated them. Um, I was hoping that the show was going to be focused kind of on the relationships and rebuilding aspect because like the action sequences that they did show were garbage, like just really lame. And like, I think the first episode was a good setup, but ultimately the show lacks a hook. Like it's very middle of the pack. Like I'm cool with rebuilding anime. Like we literally watched Genius Prince. We watched Realist Hero. Like we like these types of shows. Um, but at the end of the day, I realized that like, for some reason, this type of show just tends to be bottom barrel, like fantasy. 
And unfortunately, this show is no difference. Like after three episodes, there is like nothing to make this show special. Not a thing. Like the characters are bland. The plot and the pacing is boring. Drop. E- easy drop. It, there's nothing special about the show. So definitely not worth watching. Um, Good, and, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> of course. And then finally, um, we've got Trapped in a Dating Sim. The world of Otome Games is tough for background characters or mobs or whatever. And uh, of course, Bryce had to suggest an isekai. However, I'm actually glad he did because this one is really really funny um i like this so basically as you can imagine it's about otome games which are like dating sims um made for women and uh basically the premise is that like (laughs) the main character's sister blackmails him into beating this otome game for her so she can see the ending which i thought was a really dumb setup because youtube exists in japan but regardless, playing your, forcing your brother to play a game to hear the ending, very dumb setup, but it doesn't matter. You have the perfect self-insert Isekai main character, a shut-in loser with brain damage. Um, so I see why Bryce wanted to start this one. Oh my God. Um, but all jokes aside, like the first episode was super solid, gives you the premise, it gives you a genuine conflict, sets up the main plot for the main character, and most importantly, the main character isn't like immediately pervy or whiny. Like I'm, I'm all, I was already on board just from like the fact those two FHAGs. Um, I will say take a shot every time he says, Whoa, it's just like in the game. Um, and you will be having a wonderful time by the end of an episode. But, uh, the one thing that was like, what I like is like the show is very, um, (laughs) how to describe it. It's, it's very like disrespectful about the, the the world that it's in. Like the main character has a complete disinterest in the world building of the game. And it's hilarious. So like normally in an isekai, you get wrapped into this other world and you got to learn all these new kingdoms and races and blah, blah, blah. No, he already played through the entire game. He knows everything. Like at one point a character's like, aren't you curious who left these treasures in the dungeon? No. like like i just love this setup for that um and so uh i also love how self-aware it is because at one point he's like grossed out by like because again it's it's a it's a video game where you have like six dude bachelors who are all vying for the attention and affection of a single girl and he was just like is this how girls feel when they see harems it gives me the creeps um just great one-liners like our main character's motivation for part of the show is just that he hates the generic dating sim characters. Like he's really mean to them. And like, I love it. Like, I feel like if there's one thing that a lot of like Japanese like shows and just anime in general, doesn't have is like mean spiritedness and like general, just like bullying. Like even like when people bullying is supposed to be bad, like in, um, a silent voice like it still comes across as laughable whereas this one uh, he is like an absolute savage to the characters so um i don't necessarily think this show is going to be quote-unquote high quality because it's an isekai but i i love this show i'm so happy you recommended it to me bryce you get to wear the you get the i was right crown you you win you win this season thanks but. man appreciate <laughs> it i'll document this moment treasured forever um but yeah, I'm actually stunned you like this show, by the way. I was really surprised that you said you were into it. Um, for me, it's like, this is like my like isekai trash of the season. It's got like a little bit of everything, right? You've got- You've infected me. Yeah, exactly. But you've got obviously an isekai. You've got like 
a sassy protagonist main character. You've got some magic school action. You've got some drama. You've got some slice of life. There's like mechas that are battling, which is ridiculous how that's also fit into this, but so entertaining. Um, you've got some Orin High School Tea Club bougie vibes with some like East Kai villainess, like dramatic, like rom com sort of plot that also goes a little bit different than the game, which I love. Um, I don't know if this will be a great show the rest of the season. I have no idea. And like, I'm sure, like, to most people, the best shows will be like what? It was like summer, Summertime Render and maybe Spy, Spy Family, Family, right? Yeah. Stuff like that. But like, for me, for like the shows, countries I like, like, I am going to love this show no matter how bad it gets. I'm going to be all in and I will fully finish it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm 100% on the same page. So, sounds like if you're going to watch anything new this season, just including the new stuff, Tomodachi Game. Yep. Fun little like squid games, Donkan Rompa, Kaiji style anime fast food, uh, summertime render, cool murder mystery. You've got um, Spy Family, which is the most hyped show of the season. If you're paying attention at all, you've probably seen something about it. Um, and then Trapped in a Dating Sim, if you just want some isekai trash like your lovely hosts. Um, <laughs> but if you want to get in contact with us about anything that we've said on the pod today, you can find us on Twitter at weeb underscore podcast. And you can email us at closetweebap at gmail.com. Subject line, isekai is great. <laughs> See you next time.